You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 347. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 347. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, babe. Good day to you. Good day, sir. Good day, ma'am. <laughs> How are you? I'm awesome. I'm yeah. excited to hang out with you. We've been kind of crossing paths today. Yeah, we have. We have. In our giant house of quarantine. <laughs> our quarantined household, which That's right. most of us are. I've really enjoyed having Unless you home. Unless you're protesting in the streets. Oh, my God. I've, I've been glad to be home, actually. It yeah. has been nice. I'm ready to get back, though. I'm ready to burn incense without bothering you. First world problems. It is. For sure. It definitely is. But (laughs) Mr. Smith is, like, highly sensitive to the incense that I burn and, like, stuffs you up. Stuffs my nose up, yeah. If it's the cheap shit. If it's, like... It's not cheap. Well, it's, like, cheap scents, like perfumes. It's... Really good. Dracor. High Dracar. Dracar, yeah. Like Dracar. I, I like, am mm. a sucker for some 90s men's fragrances. <laughs> eternity. <laughs> I have had Eternity. I've had Polo Sport. Polo Sport, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm I'm just like a good old Nog Champa kind of guy. I have Nog Champa. I got Nog Champa specifically because of you. Yes. I, it works most of the time. My favorite is Patchouli. Patchouli? And I got Lavender. Yeah. I Those got, ones don't bother me as much. I think you just make that up in your head. You think so? I do. I know maybe it is, but nonetheless, my sinuses get stuffed up. So So I'm excited to burn incense is what I'm saying. (laughs) Without – like if Mr. Smith goes to run an errand, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to burn incense. Because I would have it going all the time. And I buy these kinds that are, I shit you not, like three feet long. They're about as long as you are. They're – no, maybe they're – Maybe they're two feet. Yeah, they're about two feet. They're about two feet long, and they're thicker than a regular pencil. Are they thicker than a Snickers? They're thicker than a Snickers as well. <laughs> Not a Snickers. Snickers. Just a Snicker. <laughs> yeah, like that. Anyway, this is not what this podcast <laughs> this is, is going, about. This, this is, is going way off the rails. That was a waste of two way minutes and 27 seconds. All right, so we are going to talk about how to stop apologizing and over-explaining. And <laughs> like that instance? That that was <laughs> that was a little over explaining. For instance, that incense. Ah, uh, <laughs> over explaining. That was definitely an over explain. But no, I mean when you are trying to get somebody to approve of you, or when you're trying to smooth things over because you don't want somebody mad at you. Gotcha. That sort of a thing. Okay. That chronic apologizing for who you are, what you believe in. It almost like I'm sorry you have to deal with me type of feeling. It's just the way I am. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. We also are going to have a free shit alert, which is exciting. But before we do that, let's pass it over to you for your little corner. Yes. It's a segment that we like to call. Would you rather? And we do call it that. 
<laughs> Stupid. <laughs> All right. Today's would you rather is, would you rather have a long tampon string? Tampon. Tampon string. Hanging out of your bikini or bathing suit, whatever. Or have a huge amount of visible pubic hair hanging out. Oh, no. <laughs> so we, this is for the ladies. We just talked to – it could it could be for the dudes. It could be, yeah, it could. If you're speedoing it up. But you won't have a tampon string hanging out. No, that's true. That's true. We were just talking about this on Not Another Self-Help Podcast. Yes, that's why I thought this would be poignant. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even remember what episode we were talking about that with. Unru- Did you say unruly pubic hair? I said a huge amount of visible – Pubic hair. Oh, of, oh, I put public hair. I, why did I say – why did I throw in unruly? That's I don't know, funny. but it would be unruly if it was a large amount. I say I would go for the tampon string. A tampon. Tampon. You got to say tampon. I would say – I would go for the tampon string. Tampon string. Okay. And – okay. So we had this conversation, <laughs> my best friend and I, on our other show, Not Another Self-Help Podcast. We'll put the link in the show notes page. But there – was this discussion that we had about all of the demands for female grooming and how you have to clean, you have to clean, you have to (laughs) shave your armpits, you have to shave your legs and all, all of that was from a marketing ploy from fucking Gillette. Yeah. And because they were like, "We, we need to tap into the female market. Let's make something that they have to use. And it Mm. became socially commonplace. When, when, When did that become? It was like I don't in the know. Twenties or something, wasn't it? I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to look it up. Yeah, I don't know. But Andrea gets really worked up about it. Mm. I get more worked up about makeup and hair and dyeing your hair and not being able to go gray and yeah. like all of that stuff. She gets really upset about having to tr- having to womanscape the <laughs> <laughs> the nether regions for a bathing suit. Yes, I still. I'm still on board with that. As much as I know it's patriarchal, I know that it's based in, you know, wanting to make money and commercialism and all that at the expense of women, I still feel uncomfortable just some bush. letting it pop out. Letting the bush pop. <laughs> <laughs> Going I, without gardening. I will go for the tampon string. You're going to go tampon. Um, if if I was a female, I think I would rather have my tampon string hang out than I would have a huge bush. Because, you know, a, a tampon string is like almost kind of hidden if you're standing. Right. But bush, doesn't matter what you do, man. That's going to be. It's in your face. It's going to be visible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we would rather. I mean, we would love <laughs> we would, to hear. We would hear, love to hear what you would rather. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. You got me all. <laughs> freaked out here with your would you rather. We would love to hear what you would rather. And we talk about it every Monday over in the After Hours community. After Hours. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, that redirects you right over to our little corner of Facebook where we have awesome discussions every single week. I run a really tight ship, so nobody's selling shit. Tightest ship in the shipping business. That's right. Yep. They Nobody is going to try to sell you stuff or peddle their bit. I cannot stand that. Mm-hmm. So we stay very focused on the topic. We do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays. Yes. And I do Q and Slay once a month. I used to do those weekly and now I'm doing like a monthly training 
And those are really awesome. So you can get your questions answered. So come hang out with us and be sure to let us know what you would rather because do it. Just do it. This one is riveting. Yes. And remember, you have to say it tampon. (laughs) You cannot say tampon anymore. So is that is it spelled T A M? P U N tampon. Oh, uh, with U N. I was yeah. I was going I N. Oh, it could be an I N. Yeah. I like, well, there's a debate there too. What I, would you rather? I like the tampon. 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 Yeah, it's more of a tampon. Tampon. This is so stupid. But I do. Do you hear a little something? Maybe. Uh, coming around the corner. Maybe coming around the bend. That bend, though. I I do. Oh, there it is. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. <laughs> That's so silly. Always around the bend. Always around the bend. Always but around we the haven't. She'll be coming around. The... Oh, it's the mountain. It's the. Yeah, it's got to come around the mountain. Oh, yeah. It's not coming around the bend. So we have not had one of these for a while. But free shit alert means that there is an accompanying, accompanying. I can do this. You can do it. I can do it. Just had a little bit to drink. I haven't. It's kombucha. <laughs> this kombucha is fucking stiff. It's pretty stiff kombucha. Right? God, shit, white people say. <laughs> so there is a free PDF. It is a worksheet that accompanies this podcast episode all about letting go of apologizing and over-explaining things that really are about you trying to gain a footing in your self-worth. That's what we're really talking about today. So you will want to make sure that you have that additional supplement so that you can dig a little deeper and look at your particular uh, sticking points and things that you want to shift. You can find that on the show notes page, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 347. And you'll see you can just say, give me my worksheets and we'll send it straight to your inbox. All right, so be sure to have that. So first thing that I want to talk about is the the slight distinction between apologizing and over-explaining. Okay. This came to me many, many years ago when I would teach this work for Deep Down and Dirty, which is my signature program you may have heard me talk about. And I would talk about specific or strictly not apologizing. Mm -hmm. And I had people who would say to me, I don't really feel like I apologize. Like I don't chronically say I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because we've mm-hmm. all known those people that yes. they say I'm sorry for every Everything. single thing. I'm like, you don't have to apologize for that. And it's yeah. al- it's almost – it's definitely a defense me- mechanism, but it becomes where it's almost a tick. A clutch word. Yeah, yeah, where you are saying it so consistently. And that's a massive nod to where your self-worth is. Mm. But I realized that there was also this kind of cousin to apologizing, which is this notion of over-explaining. So the way that sounds is let's say somebody invites you to something that you're not able to go to. A lot of people will feel, and you might be one of them, everybody out there listening, you may feel that you have to come up with a really great reason why you can't be there for somebody or why you mm. can't make it to their event, which would probably be a Zoom meeting these days. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Back in the day when we could actually go places. Who knows? This airs May 18th. Maybe we'll – I don't know. Who knows? Who knows where we'll be? Yeah. It's, Nobody does. It's a crapshoot. But let's say that situation happens. You have this gut – 
pull to say, well, I've got this going on and I've got that going on and, you know, I'd really love to. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes there's even a pull to make up shit because you feel like just needing some downtime or the fact that you were looking forward to having some white space on your calendar isn't a good enough reason. That you need to say something noble like – I'm actually making meals for my invalid grandmother and I'm taking it to her. So I'm not, you know, like where you make up stories in addition to that. Yeah. But the, the idea is that you're over explaining in a way that really isn't warranted. And what you're really doing is saying, please be okay with me. Please be okay with my story. Hmm. Please be okay with my choices. Approve of me. Approve of me. Approve of me. Hmm. Interesting. So I want you to start looking at that. Are you one of those people who actually uses the words, I'm sorry, or do you tend towards over-explaining and really trying to get somebody's approval or, you know, that sort of that stamp of, okay, you're allowed to miss this thing. You're allowed to not come through because you've given me this really nice verbose story. So the first thing that I want to talk about, I guess it's kind of the second thing, but that was sort of my, (laughs) that was sort of my preface. So... It's the prelog. I have yes, thank you. I have six concepts that I want to introduce to you. The first is there are times when you do need to apologize or overexplain. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to walk away from this going, anytime I explain myself to my partner or my friends or whatever, that now I'm doing something that is deterring my self-worth or something like that. No, not at all. Apologize if you have made a mess. If you have done something unbefitting of you, then that warrants an apology. So and we'll talk about this a lot as we go through this. For example, there have been times where I've had really heated words with my mom. Yeah. And the content of what I was saying, I, I did not need to apologize for what I said. I needed to apologize for how I said it, the actual delivery. So be really clear about what warrants an apology and what doesn't. You don't need to apologize for ways in which you feel, your emotions. You don't need to apologize for your opinions, your stances, your belief systems, things that you feel passionately about, unless you've conveyed them in a very malicious or ill-intended way. Mm. Or you've been – you've shown up in a way that you aren't proud. Okay. Right? So I've definitely had situations like that with my mom where I did have to go and apologize and say, I still feel very strongly about what I was sharing with you, but how I delivered that was unacceptable. You didn't deserve that. I didn't need to say it with such a, such a harsh tone. Yeah. Okay? That's cool. Now, there are times to over-explain or simply explain. If What the, about mansplain? There's never, ever an excuse to mansplain. <laughs> never an excuse to mansplain? Damn it. No, that's... There that's... goes any dialogue that I ever have. <laughs> Just by virtue of your, your anatomy. Gender? Explaining things can be really important depending on what the relationship is. Mm. So the first example that I used, if somebody asks you, you know, hey, would you be able to take care of this for me? And you're not able to, and you're not that close, or it's maybe somebody, 
at your kid's school who you don't really know very well and they want you to chaperone, you can very easily politely decline and say, oh, I'm not available, right? Now, if you decide that you don't want to be in somebody's wedding, let's say, Mm. and you've been – you've already committed to being a bridesmaid or a groomsman or whatever, and you now are saying, I don't want to be involved in that, that may warrant some explanation because the nature of the relationship is a lot more intimate. Well, you've already made a commitment too. You've already made a commitment. Yeah. And so I think there are times, and we all need to gauge them, about do, do I owe it to this person because of the intimacy of the relationship? Mm-hmm. But you have to check your motivation because are you explaining it so that they have a full understanding of where you are truly coming from or are you explaining it to get validation? And sometimes it's a little bit of a medley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. But the over-explaining is usually when we're really trying to get the approval. Like, please agree with my stance. Please Mm. tell me it's okay that I'm making this decision. Right. Right. like pleading your case almost, yeah. In fact, I had a situation like this where I had committed to doing a small theatrical role and it was going to be sort of a small side project and I committed to doing it. We had not started rehearsals. It had been cast, but we hadn't started. And I had a talk with my coach at the time and I realized I had been taking on so much theater in a way to avoid really throwing myself into my work. This was probably in, I'd say, like 2013. You think that late? Yeah. Yeah? I started acting again in like 2013. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah, probably right. right around, maybe 2014. And I realized that I was really trying not to really do what I needed to do, which was work yeah. and build this business. And I was avoiding. And I was already doing another production. So I was like, I, I knew in my gut, I have to pull out of this Project. Safest way. It's the safest way. That's <laughs> how you calculate it. So I decided to do that. So I talked to the gal. Now, we had a great relationship. She had come to me about this project. We had conversed about it multiple times. So I did feel like I owed it to her to give a little bit of an explanation. It would have been really shitty for me to say, I'm not, it turns out I'm not going to be able to do this. Good luck. Yeah. Our relationship was one in which. It justified me telling her what was happening with me so that she could understand that and so that I could portray myself in the way in which I wanted to portray myself. Yeah. So we had a great conversation. I said, I'm more than happy to help you recast it. She ended up being able to find a a great person. I didn't have to relearn it. You know, there was nothing. I didn't leave her up a creek. Sure. All right. So that's what I wanted to just underline because I have seen people – it's almost like when self-help goes bad where they go, I don't have to apologize or explain anything. And then they're just like, nope, yes, nope. And where they get really uh, almost like, I can't say anything else. And it's like, no, sometimes the relationship really does warrant that. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, understand the difference between empathy and responsibility. This is where you can actually use the words, I'm so sorry, to hear mm-hmm. that. Towards appropriate, right? <clears throat> or I'm so ex- I'm so incredibly sorry that you're experiencing that. Because that motivation is not one of I hope you're approving of me. I hope you're okay with my decision. That statement is one of concern, empathy, compassion, love. You really are sorry. 
You really are. <laughs> but it's not necessarily sorry in like an apologetic way. It's more in an empathetic way. Right. Like I am just so sorry to hear that. Right. Right. So I think this is one of the things that we talk about the most in Deep Down and Dirty because we get so convoluted between things that we feel towards somebody and then assuming that means it's our responsibility to make sure they're okay. Yeah. For example, you could be so incredibly sorry to see a sibling go through a really rough financial time. Yes. And so if you tend towards people pleasing, you think I need to go rescue. I need to go save them. And there is a way to actually be empathetic and concerned and recognize that it's not your responsibility to save them. You could make the decision to help or you could make the decision not to. Mm. You know, that could be argued that it's enabling. But understanding that I'm allowed to feel that concern, but it doesn't mean that I now need to go take care of that person. Yeah, that's fair. In the example that I used earlier, let's say it's somebody from your kid's school. They want you to chaperone something and you know that person is so stressed out and they've had so much on their plate and you honestly cannot add one more thing to your schedule, but you feel empathetic and compassion towards that person. So we think they're going through something difficult. It must be my responsibility to quell that and stop it. No, it's not. Mm. So that is one of the toughest things for us. For sure. Is to separate what we feel sorry for, what we feel concerned for, and what's actually our responsibility. Hmm. All right, so number one, know that there are times to apologize and overexplain. Number two, understand the difference between empathy and responsibility. And that is something that a lot of my students, we discuss at length with their personal issues that they're going through in Deep Down and Dirty because so much of the time we'll be – we feel the pull to apologize when someone else isn't happy with our decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you and somebody in your family – are on two totally different sides of the political spectrum or religious spectrums, and they think you are wrong. And so your pull to make everything okay and to smooth everything over is to apologize for something that you believe in. To placate them. Yeah. That um, – boy, there's some deep layers to that too. Oh, yeah. And th that's the kind of thing that uh, your program really helps with is digging through those layers and – kind of separating them, right? Oh, completely. And that's that's what is so unique to each individual is there could be stuff that's rooted in like shocker for most people if you've developed certain behavioral patterns like people pleasing, perfectionism, controlling, things like that, it's usually if not always indicative of behaviors you adopted as a child. To survive. Mm -hmm. So if you were in or, you know, an abusive family or uh, lots of children and you didn't stand out, you probably became the perfectionist to stand out mm -hmm. or you became the class clown or you became the perfection or the people pleaser to make e the peacemaker, make everybody happy. But you do that to stay safe. But then when you become an adult, you realize that it infringes on your interpersonal relationships, your work life, the things that you want to accomplish in this world. So if 
you know that you struggle at all with self-doubt, people-pleasing, perfectionism, most of the time that is rooted in your self-worth. Do you believe that you are intrinsically valuable? Do you believe that you are enough? Hmm. That is the one common through line that I hear from people almost consistently. Right with Deep Down and Dirty students is, I do not believe that I am enough. So then what do we do? All these behaviors, we control, we people please, we perfect, we accomplish, check off of the boxes. So if you are interested in truly changing that dynamic for good, please go watch my free workshop where I chronicle what I do in Deep Down and Dirty and five major shifts that you need to make in order to get you to that place of enoughness. Thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. It'll also be in the show notes page. Okay. Have your notebook and pen ready to go when you watch through the workshop. And then at the very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a free call with a member of my team if you want to really talk about if Deep Down and Dirty is right for you. Mm. But your first stop is that workshop. Yeah. You'll know very quickly, like, yes, this is me, or no, this is not me. And then you can book that appointment at the end. Cool. Fair enough. Okay. So number three, when someone is upset with you, Because remember, that's our tendency to apologize. Mm, Let's smooth it over. Let's smooth it over. Nothing to see here, people. Get it back to normal. Homeostasis. If someone is upset with you, ask yourself first, have I done anything wrong according to me? Hmm. Have I done anything wrong according to me? Okay. Because, for example, you know, there's been times when I've had conversations with my mom where she has invited me to church and I've declined the invite. Yes. And I've I've done so with the utmost grace and kindness. And I've said, you have my word. If I ever change my mind, you will be the first person to know. But I do find that highly offensive. And I would appreciate it if you would not continue to, continue to invite me as I give you the respect and don't invite you to summer solstice circles or, you know, Wiccan or pagan ceremonies because I respect <laughs> that that's offensive to you. Right. And so in doing that, does she think I've done something wrong? I'm sure. I'm sure she thinks I'm wrong, right? But have I behaved in a way unbefitting of Amy? That makes sense. And most of the time, like we talked about earlier, is, and by we, I mean me. (laughs) (laughs) The royal we. Is that a lot of times it's your delivery. It's how you said it. Hmm. So a lot of times it's not that you're wrong for feeling the way that you feel, but maybe the way that you expressed it. And that's, that's what you're- That's a great example too to help people figure out how to figure out if that question applies. Right. Right. Because I do think that there are times, it depends on the, the nature of the relationship, where we feel so vindicated and validated for and almost righteous in our stance that we negate any responsibility over our delivery. Mm, where, where we think the other person was behaving just as shitty, so we get a free pass to deliver things in a shitty way. Right. You don't. You are still responsible for that, my friend. <laughs> so number four takes that into consideration. Do not apologize for how you feel, only how you expressed those emotions. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before on the show. I definitely talk about it constantly with my students and clients. Do not apologize for 
emotions for how you feel, okay? I've talked to, gosh, this drives me fucking nuts. When you see people on television and they are being interviewed about something really sentimental or on a documentary or something and they tear up Mm. and the first thing they do is they say, I'm sorry. Yes. I get that a lot in in the clinic when people are explaining their issues or talking about their day or whatever. Like I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I can't be with you because it's so uncomfortable for you to emote (laughs) because we're so uncomfortable seeing each other be in our own humanity. You being vulnerable in this world is a sheer act of bravery and courage, my friend. It is your fucking superpower. Everybody in the world can put their walls up. Everybody can put their walls up and hold people at bay and not let them be seen It takes a ferocious act of bravery to say, I'm going to let you see me in my humanity. For sure. And in my vulnerability. But we have got to change that narrative. In Deep Down and Dirty, there's two roles about what you do not apologize for. One, you do not apologize for emotion. And two, you do not apologize for what you look like. Something just crossed my mind, and I'm curious what your take on it is. I thought maybe when people apologize for that type of thing, we're all dealing with our shit, right? Everybody's got their stuff that they're dealing with. Right. And that person is now in an emotional place and you may not be ready for it. As the receiver, if somebody is – like in an interview, of course, I'm the interviewer. I should be there for the person that's experiencing what's happening, right? Or as my role as a therapist or your role as a therapist. Right. Um, but just talking to somebody at Target or wherever, and they say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to unload that on you. Is that fair? I don't. I, do, I think it depends on the nature of the relationship again, like I said, and the nature right. of the content. If you're in a documentary where you're talking about surviving abuse or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that, and you are the interviewer, you better fucking be ready to hold that space. Same same way with you and I. Like, we should not be deterred by holding emotion. I would also argue that the problem lies in us being told that emotion is something to run from. Mm-hmm. That, oh my gosh, like, how many men, when women break down, if you're in a heteronormative situation or a heterosexual relationship, say, don't cry. I can't stand to see a woman cry. Like don't, three, three or four people maybe. Don't, yeah, maybe only like two. <laughs> it's constant. That's the other thing that we see all the time is please don't cry. It's depicted on television, newscasts, right. anything. Here's a tissue. I can't be with your emotion. Right. So I think the bigger issue is not necessarily these interactions, these one-off interactions. It's the narrative at large mm. about what's acceptable to emote and what's not. Right. I think it's also why we have such extreme violence and so many anger issues because that's how people express. That's our expression. Yeah, that's fair. That's our most easily accessible emotion and it is a cloak for more serious emotions. So Mm, anyway, do not apologize for your – how you feel, only how you expressed those emotions. So going back a second ago – Two of the the rules are you don't apologize for emotions and you don't apologize for what you look like. That's another huge one. Mm. I think you get this too. When I worked in makeup, it was always like, oh, I'm so sorry for my brows. I'm so sorry for my skin breaking out. Going to see you. Oh, I'm so sorry I haven't shaved my legs. I'm so sorry I haven't. And it's like, no, you don't have to (laughs) fucking apologize for what you look like. 
you have done nothing wrong. That does not warrant an apology. So those are some basic baby steps that you can take. One of the things that the kind of the rule in Deep Down and Dirty is if you do have that gut response of saying, I'm sorry, you have to follow it up with sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a phrase these days for sure. Sorry, not sorry. Which At I love. At least starting to condition a new response of I do not have to – I don't have to apologize for this. Yeah, yeah. God, that one gets me worked up because I, I find it – I really <laughs> truly believe that emotional intelligence taught to everyone at an early age would dramatically change this world. For sure. <sighs> okay, number five. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Over the next week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take an inventory of when and with whom you apologize or you overexplain. Hmm, okay. Are is it situations like showing up to a Zoom call with your therapist and saying, you know, so sorry that I'm in my sweats? No. You've done nothing wrong. You don't need to apologize for that. Is it overexplaining to somebody why you aren't going to be able to make it to their Zoom call <laughs> right. or their caravan uh, caravan birthday party or something like that. I saw um, just recently where a newscaster was in his suit doing his thing, you know, uh, and it panned out so you could see more of him. And he was in his chonies. And he was in his underwear. Yeah. And he had to make a big statement of apology about it. It's like, why are you apologizing? I know. You know, like you're now you're unprofessional because you were in your underwear. You're less you're you're unable to do your job because you were you offended me. Like what? That probably my guess is the network trying to save face, not necessarily him. Right. Right. But 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 again, it's the overall narrative of we need to, you know, make this look better. Right. You know, like that is so awful of a thing to have. Right. And now it's one thing. If the can he thought the camera stopped and he starts going on a racist diatribe, of course. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's like yeah, you different. have done something. You're wrong. offending people by doing that. Right. But just being in your underwear isn't that offensive. It's to me, it's like a work from home staple. I'm like, what about speedos on the beach? Are those offensive? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Nobody apologizes for them. <laughs> sure as fuck, do not. <laughs> Never in the history of Speedo wearing has there no. been apologies. I do not think that Speedo wearers are apologetic at all. I think they're the opposite. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> they're the deal end. with it. They're the antithesis. Especially end. if they've got puffy, bushy pubic hair. <laughs> That's what I was just <laughs> And then they stand sort of with their arms on their hips and they push their belly out. Like, yeah, and their feet a little wide. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And maybe a, Superman a, stance. maybe a gold chain or two. I don't know. <laughs> Skin super tan like leather. I love it. Ooh, this is fun. I, we may have seen that a time or two in California. Once or twice. Yes. In Florida, I'm sure it's even worse. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, and there are probably beaches full open right now. Who knows? I think anyway. California is too. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, stay home, everybody. <laughs> I think. I don't know. It's May 18th. It's May 18th. So, <laughs> I don't, you know, the world may have changed. It might be all about the murder hornets. It could have vanished like a miracle. <laughs> or... We could all be dead. That's true. Yeah. You you might be listening to this on some old ass <laughs> contraption. <laughs> that you had to wind up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure this is the first thing people would listen to. <laughs> all right. So you're going to take I need that. my joy junkie. <laughs> take that inventory. <laughs> all right. Number six. <laughs> Commit to not apologizing until you have, unless you have something to clean up. 
and feel free to take back your apologies. So I want you to decide on a phrase. So what I mean by taking back that apology is when you recognize in the moment that you just said, let's say you did get emotional and you say, I'm so sorry, take it back in that moment and go, you know what? Actually, no, I'm not sorry for feeling how I feel. I truly hope I'm not making you uncomfortable though. You could say something like that. Sure. But come up with a phrase, something you want to recite so that you have it on the ready so that you're able to say, actually, no, you don't need all those details if you're catching yourself over explaining. Right. Or actually, you don't need to know any of that. Suffice it to say, I wish I could be there. I'm not going to be able to make it. Something like that. Come up with that actual phrasing because that's the one thing that – and I work with a lot of people on this in Deep Down and Dirty is reciting, coming up with a very specific phrase around something that's happening in their life of every time my boss does this, every time my sibling says this, every time my aunt says this, I don't know what to say. And then we come up with, here's what you're going to say in response. And yeah. then taking that and actually reciting it and rehearsing it so that it becomes second nature. Hmm. So things that you can say, you know, sorry, not sorry, of course. You can say, actually, you know what? I don't I actually don't need to say I'm sorry about that. You can take it back verbally in the moment. You can say things like, uh, I wish that would have worked out. Or I wish I could have been able to be there for you. Mm. I'm not going to be able to make it. Instead uh, of, I'm sorry, I'm not able to make it. Gotcha. Or I truly wish you all the best. We're not going to be able to make it. You don't have to say, I'm sorry. So just be vigilant around how often that comes out because, again, it's a testament to that self-worth. Yeah. It's a good point. It's great. Great points. Thank you, baby. All right. So quick little <laughs> recap. Number one, there are times when it is warranted to apologize and overexplain. So be clear on your motivation there. Is it something I need to clean up? Does the relationship call for it? Yeah. All right, number two, understand the difference between empathy and responsibility. It's huge. Number three, when someone is upset with you, ask yourself, have I done anything wrong according to me? And being really mindful of how was my delivery throughout that interaction. Number four, do not apologize for your emotions, for how you feel, only how you express those emotions. Something that I say all the time in Deep Down and Dirty is – you are always, always, always allowed to have freedom to feel what you feel, but you are also always responsible for your actions. So mm. be pissed the fuck off, but you can't go light somebody's car on fire. You can't go burn somebody's house down. You can beat the fuck out of a punching bag, which I do repeatedly. Yes. And pictures almost fall off the walls. But <laughs> I did. your punching bag is not named Ken. It's definitely not. Or Mr. Smith. No. Okay. It's more like Mr. Then we're good. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five. Over the next week, take an inventory of when and with whom you apologize and over-explain. Get that tallied so you know where your sticking points are. And number six, commit to not apologizing and over-explaining unless you have something to clean up. And really decide on what your go-to phrase is and rehearse it and use it. And do not forget to go to the show notes page so that you can get in on the workshop that free workshop if you're interested in more info on Deep Down and Dirty. And then also grab that free worksheet worksheets while while you're there. That PDF? Yep. Perder Irv. Anything else you wanted to throw into the mix? Hmm. Any apologies you hear or see from people in your biz? Uh, something that came up for me was if – and I'd like to get your take on it real quickly. Sure. If someone does get emotional and they say I'm sorry for it, one of the things that I thought 
would be a good way to like instead of saying I'm sorry, not sorry, you could say I'm sorry, but I just assume that you were comfortable with this type of emotion or I knew that you would be somebody that I could talk to about it or or I appreciate you you letting allowing me, this. Yeah, or letting or me air like this that. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that where it includes them in it. Yeah. You know. I love that. And I think it's also really important for for people on the receiving end. If you hear somebody say, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Saying things like, no, you are completely allowed to feel how you feel yeah. or no need to apologize. That's yeah. what I'm here for. Uh, I think it, it's incredibly important with children Yeah. to teach them you are completely allowed to feel pissed, angry, overwhelmed, sad. And here are all the healthy ways to process that. Right. Here are all the ways to deal with that. You're completely allowed, and you're also responsible for your behavior. You can't go hit your your sibling, right? <laughs> yeah. But telling them you you don't have to apologize, you right. know, with your best friends, with your people at work, whoever. No, you're allowed to emote. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's then it uh, it, w- it for people that aren't aware of that and don't have that knowledge of saying you don't have to apologize for that. You're actually empowering them to be that way. Right. Right. You're just not making them wrong and enforcing that idea that that's wrong. No, no. What I'm saying is if if I'm getting emotional, I say I'm sorry, but I appreciate you being available Ooh. to hear this. Yeah. You're empowering that other person, the, the listener, yeah, to go, you know what? You're right. I am able I can, to do that. I can right? step up. I am okay. I'm yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. fall apart. Right. Yeah. But and I do have to say too, I grew up in a situation where, and you, you too, where I was encouraged to express my emotions. I wasn't made wrong for expressing my emotions. That is not the case for most people. Most people's families, it's like you are allowed to be one thing, and that's happy. And if yeah. you are going to be anything else, you take that to your fucking room, and yeah. you need to be ashamed of it. Sure. And hide it. Yeah. So just know wherever you are in this process, just take baby steps. That's it. Just take baby steps and know that emotions are given to us for a reason. They're yeah. to, every decision we make is based off of emotions. That's exactly right. So we cannot keep denying this major vehicle that we've been given to move our soul around this planet. All right? All right. So – decide on your baby steps we will see you around these parts next week so here is to loving and living your most badass life mr and ms smith 